Welcome to the Word Bible Study with Pastor Dan. Yeah, and I'm excited for everyone who decided to have a Bible study with me today. Let's go to prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, touch our hearts and minds today, God. Allow us to focus on you, God. Let your anointing move in this room today, God. And we'll feel your presence and that your word will be vital in our lives, God. We worship you. I want you to bless everybody listening to this, Lord. Give them understanding, God. Open their minds that they'll see what we're teaching here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, we're going to be teaching and talking about being mind masters. This is something that I've been working on and I want to get into it. And the mind is our battlefield. And this is where the enemy attacks us. And this is where a lot of our fight is here on earth. So we're going to we're going to not only see his tricks, but we're going to learn how we can be masters of our own minds. So we're going to start in Isaiah 26, verse number three. And I'm actually I'm going to have to read it in the King James Version because the uh, pagan version isn't going to work correctly. No, but I do like the word of this worded in King James. New, New Living says the same thing, but we're going to read it in the King James. Isaiah 26, verse 3. It says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusts in thee. Now, we'll read it in King Jared. It says, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on God. So, we want perfect peace. Our minds have to be fixed on Christ. We're going we're gonna to go through this more in depth, but we're going to start by going to Luke 24. <laughs> Luke chapter 24 verses 45 this is where Jesus shows back up to his disciples after after his crucifixion and he's giving them final instructions and he says when I was with you before, I'm starting at 44, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. So, again, here, this, that was from the Old Testament. And that he's saying here, everything in this Bible has got to be fulfilled. It's got to be true. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. So, God has control over your mind. That's one thing we've got to understand. They were not able to understand the scriptures. They were not able to see things the way God sees them. But Christ was able to open their minds so that they could understand godly things and that they could do the will of God. So, we, all, we know that if we want peace in our mind, we need to focus on God. But we also know that Christ has the ability to change our minds. When we're going through things 
and we're struggling through things, we have to ask God to deliver us from that. But we're not going to do that for certain things that we don't understand. Me and Trevor were talking about this today. I'm away this morning. But um, if I owe somebody money, I'm going to carry the burden that I owe them this money. If somebody would have paid them and didn't tell me about it, I'm still carrying this burden that I owe them this money. Once I understand that somebody's paid the cost, then the burden lifts. But I've got to I've got to get the knowledge of what's going on before I'm going to receive that freedom, that liberty. So there are a lot of things that we're going to talk about tonight that Christ paid for that we're not supposed to be carrying and we're not supposed to be holding these burdens, but we're holding them because we don't understand that Christ is in control of our minds. He has the ability to unlock our minds. He has the ability to give us peace of mind, but we've got to give that to him. We've got to, we've got to ask for that. We've got to seek for that. And we've got to believe that God has that power. I think, you know, we're all about faith. Walking in the promises of God, but if we don't know the promises of God, then we're, not, then we're not really using our faith. We might be wishing, we may be hoping, but we're gonna we're gonna base it on the Word of God. So starting off right there, we've got two promises for our faith to stand strong. One, God gives us peace of mind if we focus our mind on Him. Two, He is the one that can unlock our mind so we can understand things that we should understand. Now. Let's go to Matthew 22. Matthew 22, verse 34. This is where they came to Jesus and asked Jesus, what was the most important commandment? So the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply. They met together to question him again. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, what is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. The second is equally important as your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all of the demands of the prophets is based on these two commandments. Now, we've spent a lot of time the last couple of weeks talking about loving your neighbor. We talked about how important it is to love your neighbor. But Christ just said that this is equally as important. So all the emphasis we put on loving everybody around us, which should be there. I'm not taking that away should also be on us loving God with all of our heart, which comes pretty easy because our heart's full of love, with all of our soul, which belongs to him. And he's the one who's redeemed it and is going to secure it, but also with all of our mind. And that one requires our participation. It's up to us to change our minds. We have the ability to focus our minds on certain things. We have the ability to never mind certain things. And we have the ability to ignore things in our mind. But we're called to love God with our whole mind. 
everything I focus my brain on should be bringing glory to God. Now, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop it from building a nest in your hair. So you may have a thought pop in your head that you go, wow, that was not for the glory of God. But that's not focusing your mind on. We have we have thoughts that pop in my head all day long that I'm like, wow, that's I'm not going to do that one. But I'm not focusing on that. I'm going to walk in that all day long. The Bible says that people all day long, they plan in their head evil that they can do. The Bible talks about that. Their heart was continually towards evil. Their mind thought of ways to do evil all day long. And there are people in this life that we see still act that way. From the time they get up to the time they go to bed, they're thinking about who they can screw over, who they can rob, what they can do. All of it is in this context because they focus their mind on it. But Christ calls us to focus our mind on loving God, on making sure that everything we do falls into those two categories. Everything I'm thinking about should be showing my love to God and everything or how I can show my love to my neighbor. Those are the things that, that my mind should be consumed with. There are times that we're going to unlock our minds. We're going to unwind our minds. I, I have I WWE for that. <laughs> I will put on stupid wrestling that I don't give a crap about. And I'll sit back and forget about everything in my life. And I don't have to control my mind and focus it on this. But I shouldn't allow my mind to run wild like a savage beast that doesn't have control over it. We're called to have control. We do have control. I teach my kids all day long, control your mind. Well, my brother just stuck his tongue out at me. Well, we're going to ignore that, and we're not going to get upset about it. We're, we're called to do the same thing with Christ. So let's look at that. Let's go to Romans 7. Let's see how much controlling our mind matters. I know we Read Romans 7 several times lately, but we're going to look at it through the lens of controlling our mind. Romans 7, verse 25. We're going to start looking for this. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. So he tells you, you can love God with your whole heart, but there's another power inside me that's warring with my mind. This power makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? So we hear that and we're like, whoa, you got it so rough. It's a it's a war in my mind with the sin that we're still living in in our body. Whoa, who's going to deliver me from that? But then he sums it all up in one verse. After that, the final verse, he says, thank God. The answer is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. See, you, you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to my sin. Now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus, 
And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. We get those separated because I, I finished the final verse of seven. I read the first verse of eight. But if you just start eight, everybody just starts at eight or everybody finishes seven. But he's talking about the same power in your mind. That's what he just said. The answer is in Christ Jesus, that in my mind, I really want to obey God's law because of, but because of my sinful nature, I, my body is a slave of sin. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. So the power of the life-giving spirit is what frees your mind from the sin that leads to death. Oh, we're going to get into it in a minute about the sins in your mind that lead to death. We're all so quick to point the finger at someone who's smoking a cigarette. He's killing his temple. But we see people who are stressed out to the point of death. And we're going to leave that alone. We ain't going to talk about that. All these sins lead to death. Any sin that leads to death, anything that leads to death is a sin because that's its wages. One of the biggest killers in our world is stress and anxiety. And those are things that God gave us the victory over. So let's keep reading in verse in Romans 8 here. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness in our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like our bodies, we sinners had. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. So he's telling you, sin controlled you in your mind. It was a war inside your mind. And Christ died to free you from that battle in your mind. He did this so that the just requirements of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the life-giving spirit, which is in your mind. So again, he's, he's showing you this battle between sin and life and death is 100% in your mind. Faith, we're saved by faith, which is believing something that takes place in your mind. He's showing you the battle of your mind. But it's not only the battle of salvation is, is the only battle. The battle over sin still takes place in your mind. It's so good, you know. Me and I. We were talking about, uh, you know what, I'm not going to go there. I'm sorry, guys. That would have got very inappropriate there. See, the battle, <laughs> the battle of my mind. I've got to get, I've got to win that battle, too. <laughs> Those who are dominated by their sinful, now, now he's going to go into it here. He did this to, settle, to satisfy the just requirements. Then it says, those who are dominated by their sinful nature think about sinful things. So he goes right into it. 
The people who are living in sin, the people who are not free, the people who are being controlled by their sin, this all takes place in their mind. And those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about the things that please the Spirit. <laughs> so he's like, this is all in your brain, guys. If you guys think about things with the Spirit, you're going to be living by the Spirit. But if you're continually thinking about the things of the world and the flesh and the negative and the sin, you're controlled by that sin. Not only in the point of thinking about what I need so that I'm doing it. But if I occupy my brain with all the negative things that the devil's doing, I'm not looking at what the life-giving spirit is doing in my life. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. So he's like, right away, what you let control your mind will dictate where you go and how you act. Well, I mean, you read it too. Me and Nan just finished the book, As a Man Think, and So He Is. We were, I told him why he read it too. The whole book is, I don't know, is it a Christian book? I don't know. He uses references, but I'm, I, 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 I got to go back and reread it. Yeah, but it's all about how you think. Is how is how life will happen around you. What you determine will, will dictate your situation, and that concept is very true. And the Bible puts it into perspective right here. If you're letting your mind be controlled by sinful things, you're going to be in a world of sin. But if you let your mind be controlled by the Spirit, you'll find yourself in life and in peace. For the sinful nature. Is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's law and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. So you see, if you've got the Spirit of God living in you, He can control your mind. The only way the spirit is not controlling our mind is if you're still giving it over to your flesh. The thing that God has already paid for, already taken care of, and we shouldn't be worried about it. We have the power over it, so we have to give it to it to let it control us. Right. And remember that those who do not have the spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. So those people are not going to be able to control their minds. It makes sense. But to us, there's no excuse. We have the Spirit of God living in us. It's the same Christ who opened the disciples' mind. It's the same Christ who said, if you think on me, I'll give you peace. We're not with we're without excuse for us to act like, well, God, I can't control my mind. Yeah, we can. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living in you. And he's going to do that through your mind. 
That's what he. That, that's what he's talking. We're like, okay, he's going to get so that means we're going to No, he's not talking. He's talking about here on this earth too. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from dead lives in you. So he's not talking about having to die. He's talking about God is still alive. He still lives in you. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, which was having a sinful mind and thinking, he raised him from all the sin that was put on him at the cross, he will give life to your mortal bodies. So he's still talking about you here on earth by the same Spirit living within you. So he's saying you can be alive and you can let your mind focus on all these negative things that are going to bring about death. Or you can understand that Christ died for all of that so that you don't have to live with it. Yes. Okay. He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living inside you. So your body is going to continue to live in death if your mind is living in sin. But the spirit gives you the ability to not live in that sin. I'm saying you, your mind does not have to dwell in that. And that's where we're supposed to be using that power. To rebuke the things of the devil that don't belong in our mind. So, so, Pastor, it's not a checklist. It's a walk. Sometimes it takes time to master. Yes. But hearing the word is what's going to provoke the mastery. And by us focusing our minds on the right thing will prevent that in our lives. If my if I'm going to focus my mind on robbing a bank and robbing a bank and robbing a bank, I think I'm going to go rob a bank. But if every time the thought of robbing a bank pops into my head, I go Christ died, so that I have to have these evil thoughts in my head, and I rebuke that out of my head, the odds of me robbing a bank just got a lot less severe. And that's how we're, we've got to understand that in our life. If, I'm, if, if I don't control my mind. And I let my mind just be. It is going to be sinful. The Bible tells us it's going to be sinful. But if I understand the fact that Christ died, Christ had gave me the power to control my mind. I can fight the fight that's actually going on. If you don't fight the fight, you're going to lose. The battle is going to go on one way or another. So all I'm doing is giving you some tools on the battlefield so you got some weapons you can pick up the fight with. Because the battle is going on one way or another. But if I don't understand the fact that Christ died, I don't have to fight that. And that Christ is the life-giving spirit that I can attach to that will change the way I think. Then we can roll in that and we can get to the point well, where it's not so prevalent in our life. You just arrived and you let that happen when you're led by the Spirit. You're not controlled by the mind when you control it. You live in God's peace. Yes. And it's true. We've all experienced that in this room. I got something. Yes. Also, when you're so overwhelmed and you're not in trouble doing this, you got to go to somebody's house. I tell us people that are going right now, he just sits in his bottle. He won't even get out. I've had to run to Bun Jerry. I've had to run to Dan. I've yes. And how many times does that change it the way you think? You're choosing. Yes. And also the way you think. Like, you, I learned, if you believe a lot, you're turning to deception. But deception 
turn into your feelings, and your feelings turn into your actions, and your actions turn into your thinking, and your thinking turns into a habit. So we don't be trying to fight that habit, but now we're going back to fight the lie. Right. The number one. He's a liar. That's the, that, that's the devil's number one trick is to lie. And he lies because he plays with your mind. And you know what? If you don't know the word, you're just speaking in some lies. If you don't know the word, you're not going to be able to speak This is going to end up a two week Bible study, guys. <laughs> Brandon, I'm pulling to you. <laughs> no, you got to the first part. So I'll finish the next week. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no. Oh, here we go. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do, which is to go to war. You don't have to go to war with that. The battle's been won. For it is. For if you live by its decrees, you will die. If you think and you act on these evil thoughts, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. So again, the power of the Spirit did what? The power of the Spirit killed the evil in my mind. So if I use that to put to death those thoughts that are coming into my head, I'll live. I won't do the sinful things because I'll be killing them in my mind as a mind master. Mm. It doesn't matter how many times the devil pops into my head that I should go rob liquor stores. Because I have the power to kill it every single time. I shouldn't feel bad because the devil put it in my mind to go to go rob the liquor store. I should expect the devil to put that in my mind. I should expect my sinful nature to come up with all kinds of crazy things that I'm never going to do. Trav, that's good, bro. That means the thoughts that pop in your mind are not you, but they're what's attacking you. And you've got to use the spirit to kill those and understand that you just won the victory over that is it going to rise up again? Is it going to come back again later? Probably, maybe. We'll see. The devil's pretty good at his job. He's been doing it a while. But I'm still going to have the power when it comes back next time. And I'm going to slay it every single time it pops into my head. So that I continue to be the master over my mind. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. We're God's child. I am continuing to help my kids change their minds. God is more loving than we could ever be as parents, so he has no problem working with us to help us change our minds. So let's go to Romans chapter 12 real quick. I'm going to read first couple scriptures. We'll see. We'll see about that. It says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Do not copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but let God Transform you 
into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Oh, that was good, guys. How many, how many times have we read that scripture? But it doesn't pop out if you're not thinking about your mind. But once you're thinking about your mind, we've read Romans 7, 8, and 12 a lot lately. But I didn't see that like that until God was like, control your mind, be a mind master. And then I was like, oh my goodness. So dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. The kind he will find acceptable. Candace, help me please. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. Listen to this, Travis. By changing the way you think. Man, that's powerful, guys. So that's how we get transformed, is by allowing God to work inside of our minds. Let's go to Ephesians 4. Unfortunately, some of us are very stubborn, and God has to go to further links to show you that you have control over your mind. Right. And we allow things to go on. We allow it. Well, God, I'm sad. <laughs> Don't even speak. Now, I, love, I love you, Elizabeth. He shows me a lot. But here's the same thing. Dad, I'm just angry. Well, stop being angry. I can't. Well, yes, you can. And it's the same way we do with ourselves. Like, God, I'm just so depressed. Well, stop being depressed. And we don't. But we're not viewing it the way it is. Depression is something that leads to death. So if I look at depression as, well, that's just who I am. That's just the way I am. I'm sad. I'm anxious. I'm stressed. I'm all these things. I'm not understanding that that's not who I am. That's a sin. And God broke sin's power over our life. But if I don't view it as it's a sin, well, smoking cigarettes. Of course, you see people do that. Sad is a sin. Because they'll kill you just the same. So they'll kill you, but you're going to allow them to take place in your life because that's part of my mind. That's who I am. But we'll fight over the things that are not that important. We'll, we'll, we'll get mad at someone. We'll, we'll talk bad about a man who's fighting with, or who's abusing his wife. But we won't talk about the fact that he's got anger in his mind that has to be addressed. Christ said it the best too. Christ was like, you know, you know, murdering is a sin. I say you hate him. You've already sinned. That's what he was talking about. He went right to the core. It's your mind. Because you may not have murdered him, but if you get up every single day and think of a great plan on how you can kill him, eventually you're gonna do it. But it's already there. It's already in your heart. It's already a problem. It's already rooted and it's growing. But God gives us the power to rip those roots right out of the ground before they even start to take life. And we gotta practice that then. I can't oh, this is good. I can't sit around and think about being with another woman all day long and then think God's gonna eat me 
for people to know more. That's not how it works. What I should be doing is every time a thought comes into my mind, I throw it out. No, get out of here, man. I love my wife. We're 15 years strong. You think I'm going to destroy this over, over a dumb thought? If I can continue to practice that, then the act is never going to happen. But if I'm going to sit around and think about it all day long, every single day, and then the first time there's an opportunity, I think I'm going to walk away. I've already been practicing it because it's already been taking place in my mind. It's deep, bro. Also, when you give in to sin, you let the enemy create a stronghold. Yeah. Because now you're accustomed to it. What if I'm and your flesh wants it even more. Now you're going to go to a war again now. Yeah, my mom's always told me this my whole life. She says anytime you sin, you give the devil a key yep. to that room in your life. You always come back in that door. I need that. He knows where that door is. You're right. And that's what the whole thing is. That's why the devil's planting these thoughts in your mind. He's constantly in this battle throwing one thing after another at you to see which one you're going to fall for. Is Dan going to lust? Oh, is Dan going to be greedy? Oh, is Dan going to be angry? Can I get him mad? Can I get him sad? Can I get him anxious? Can I get him stressed? But I am going to invoke the power of the Holy Spirit. And it doesn't matter what that devil throws at me. I'm going to pick it up by its root and I'm going to throw it out. Because in my mind is where I win my battle. It's not, win, I'm not winning my battle in life. Life is the fruit of what I've already won in my mind. Wow, that's good. Yeah, that was the Holy Ghost right there. That's what it is. My life is the fruit of the battle I've already won in my mind. If I've lost that battle in my mind, my life's going to show it. But if I've been the master over my mind, then my life is going to show it. You know, my stepdad was a great guy. He's always saying, mind over matter. Yeah. Spirit, spirit over mind, mind over matter. Right. That's good. That's good. Well, let's go to Ephesians 4, 17. With the Lord's authority, I say this. Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. He's telling you, that's, it ain't just because they're, it's not just because they want to be, it's because they've allowed their minds to be confused and full of darkness. The devil is a liar, first and foremost. They wandered far from the light God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against Him. It all started in their mind, according to God. They have no sense of shame. They live their love. They live for lustful pleasures and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learn about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus, you have learned the truth that comes from him. So throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. So again, he goes right back to it. How the Gentiles get to where they just lived in a lustful life and all they care about was their pleasures and all that? Well, they let their minds be controlled and confused in darkness. 
Then he says, well, how are we going to break it and get away from it? Easy. We're going to let the Spirit control your minds and your thoughts. We're going to focus those on Christ. Just like we read in the beginning, renewed minds. Another avenue that the devil uses is love. So if he can't get you a lot of the times to find a weakness in a loved one to get to you, which is a way to do. And that's why you forgive so freely. And we, we let things go, or we, we forgive the uh, things that uh, are the fault. You don't want to have a football. Because if you don't, that pain can can lead you down the, the attack he's trying to get to you. But we're we're and we're called to refresh, to be a new way of thinking, to change our thoughts and our minds. He says, put on your new nature, created to be like God. Truly righteous and holy. Wow. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth. We are part of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. So he goes into an issue that controls your mind. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for the good, hard work. Then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul and abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. The Holy Spirit is a guarantee of your salvation because it is what cleans your mind and gets you ready. That's good. Get rid of all. Now I was going to tell you guys, listen to this. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. So he tells you, change your mind. Don't be like that. Anger, bitterness, rage, all of these sins that kill you. What are some other ones? Anxiety, fear, Depression, fear, fear kills. Depression, stress, grief, jealousy, paranoia, deception. All of these things in our mind destroy us. They're all sin, and God died so that we don't have to struggle with them. I can get forgiveness for sin. When Christ died, he eradicated sin. Forgiveness is the eradication of sin. It's making the sin no longer exist. Christ did that also for here on earth. 
The sin that exists in our minds can be eradicated by Christ. Now, that's easy to say, but let's see how it puts into place. Because, okay, my mind's a highway. There's a thousand cars going in a thousand minutes, so I've got, I've got all this going on in my head. How do I control that, and how do I get the sin out? I know I can pray against it. I know when it pops in my mind, I can, I can plead the blood. God can help me with that. But... If we take all these cars off this highway, we've got this big empty highway. It doesn't want us walking around with a bunch of zombies breaking. There should be things going on in our head. And the more we focus on the good, we allow the traffic on our highway and our mind to be the positive good things, we end up with a beautiful mind. So that's what we're gonna we're gonna look at. Let's go to Philippians 4. We're gonna start in verse 2. Now I appeal to you, please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. And I ask you, my true partner, to help these two women, for they are hard work with me in telling others the good news. They worked along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are written in the book of life. I guess I should start. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. So he tells you right off the bat, he's like, first things first, guys. If we're going to get all of this negative thoughts out of our head and all of this anxiety and all of this depression, the one thing we should be focusing on is joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. If I'm in a battle, I should be staying full of joy. I got to get all the other stuff out. I might as well put something else in it. We might as well be full of joy. So again, I say, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Consider it. Let everyone see you are considerate over all you do. What does considerate mean? Thoughtful. It means you're thinking about what you're doing. Don't just be silly, walk around not faith. He's telling you, be very thoughtful in what you do. Let everybody know everything you're doing is well thought out. We're not wasting our time thinking about dumb things. So we should have extra time to think about the good things. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Oh. So Jesus is pointing out there, worrying is a sin that leads to death. He wouldn't say don't worry if it was okay sometimes. Don't worry. God's got you and all worrying is going to do is kill you. Don't be a Martha. Sit down. Don't run around try to clean everything up and get the house all ready when the king's sitting here. Let's enjoy, let's enjoy sitting at his feet for a little while. Instead, pray about everything. So there you go. Something's coming up. Oh man, I got this big thing about to happen. I can sit around and worry about it. Or I can pray and just forget about it. Alright God, you take care of that. I'm not worrying no more. I prayed about it. God's going to work it out. God, he, and you know that's so true. I, this past week, of course, we've been doing good. So he's been getting and again, I didn't realize that some of these things are on the cross. I shouldn't have to worry about it. 
There's a hedge of protection around me and my family. So he, the, the destroyer is not allowed to touch my family. But if I don't understand that, then I, and I don't get that Christ came for that. Then I'm going to keep putting up with the garbage that I shouldn't be putting up with. So I'm driving home the other day. My AC's out. I've got all this craziness going on. I actually was to the point where I had like enough money for gas. And I'm like, man, I don't even got enough money for food this week. This is crazy. I start, so, I'm, so I look, I'm, I'm upset. I start crying out. I'm like, God, now I'm teaching these Bible studies. You told me your seed will never beg bread. I told him that first off. I was angry. So I got that one out there. I'm begging bread, doggone it. Then I'm like, and I've got, I'm being destroyed. And as I'm, I, you know, I was, I, I'm praying that God was like speaking. So I spoke out. The righteous, you've never seen the righteous forsaken or seed begging bread, God. Turn this situation around. I went home. I got Candy's laptop working. I got my AC running. I'm like, wow, that works. The last two days at work, the gentleman's come over me and handed me a box of donuts. And God was like, hey, here's your favorite kind of bread. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I literally, I was like, he literally cracked a joke with me. I'm at work cracking up like, God, you're so funny. You're so funny. But it's true. I, I knew, I knew I was going through this stuff. And I'm thinking in my head, I got it. I'll battle it. I'll fix it. I'll take care of it. And then I went back and read Deuteronomy 28. And I go, wait a minute. He said he's going to protect our houses. He said he's going to protect our land. He said he's going to protect my property, my flocks, my children. None of this should be suffering. I'm sitting in the house with no AC. When he died on my cross, so I don't have to. I don't care about the liars in church telling me I don't care about your situation. He cares about mine, and he'll care about yours because we're all the same in his eyes. I'm more different than anybody else. But we've got to be, I've got to cry. I told Travis, if my son comes to me and goes, Dad, my foot's hurting, I'm like, okay, get over it. But if he comes to me and says, hey, the neighbor kid's been coming in here and putting a tack on my floor and I step on it every day, I can fix that. Now I can go tell the neighbor kid he's not coming in my house and doing that no more. But if I'm not talking to God about what's going on, he's not going to be able to know what I need and what I want to fix. He's our father. He's requiring this relationship with us. You know, God could look down and fix everybody's problems right now. Right? But he kind of likes it when we pray, right? So there's a reason he doesn't just fix all of our problems. And it's not because he's mean and he hates us. He likes us to act. He likes this situation where we bring our request to him. He grants our request and then we're excited and happy because he made a way out. That's so good. <laughs> I'm the same way with my kids. Like I'm not just going to give them everything right away. I like for them to ask for certain things. That's why I come to them. What do you want for your birthday? What do you want? I know what he wants. I give him whatever I know he'd like. I could probably think of something more incredible than what he thinks of. But it's funner to me to make sure he's getting what he's asking for. God's the same way in our life. Tell God what you really need and thank him for all he's done. I should have just kept reading the scripture. I didn't realize it was going to say Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds everything we can understand. Anything we can understand. His peace 
will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ. Ah, we should be living in peace, guys. Peace should be guarding our hearts and our minds. Your mind should not be chaotic. In Jesus' name, we should all have peace in our minds. This is a promise. This is a promise in the Bible, guys. Our faith should stand on it. That God can give us peace of mind. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. He says, fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, loving, admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. So if we fix our mind on the things that are pure and good, the things that we know God wants us to focus on in our lives, then we'll find the peace. So what is the opposite of that? If I focus my mind on the things of this world and destruction and chaos, I'm never going to have peace. Sometimes the doctor finds out your, what's going on with you so that he can prescribe the right medicine. Sometimes we need to look at what's going on in our life so we know what to fix. If I'm not having peace in my mind, that's a clear sign that I'm not focusing on the right things in my life. I need to fix my thoughts on some better things. If I'm working on my car and I get to a point where I'm angry and frustrated, well, it's time to fix my mind on something else. I'm going to take a little break. I'm going to go pray about something. I'm going to go get my mind back on Jesus. And then we'll, and guys, that's, that's common. We shouldn't feel bad for it being that way. I knew I was going to teach this today. I had to do this three times at work yesterday. <laughs> People get me frustrated. All right, I'm going to my office. I'll be back. <laughs> I got an office now. It's nice. I go in there, close the door. And it comes in my But it keeps me, it keeps me calm. Because if I stay out there and I keep thinking about what that's going, I'm going to end up killing that guy or that machine or whatever it is that's causing trouble. But it'd be better for me to take a little break, clear my mind, focus back on the things that's supposed to be focused on, get a little bit of peace, and then continue with my day. All right, let's go to Colossians 3. We're getting close to the end, guys. Colossians 3. Verses 2 and 3. Well, we'll start from the beginning. I start from the second verse, but you can start from the first. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in a place of honor at God's right hand. Oh, that's good. Every time I start feeling like Life's crazy and this world's nuts and I'm sick of all the stuff that's going on in this world. That's when I should be focusing my mind on the fact that God is in heaven and I'm seated in a place of honor with Christ. That's where I fix my mind is on heaven when this world gets too crazy. 
Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Oh, you hear that, guys? In your mind, focus on the things of heaven, not of the things of this earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And with Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual morality, purity, lust, evil desires. Don't be greedy for greedy persons and idolatry. Worshipping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other. For you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become more like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or Gentile, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slaves, or free. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. So that's where our minds should set should be. Man, that's powerful. We're, we're going to go back to Philippians again real quick. There's one more thing. I should have just kept going right to Philippians because this is all good. But we're going to go to Philippians 2, verses 5. I might go 5 to 11. It's already highlighted. That's what's good about highlighting stuff in your Bible. You come back to it later and you're like, oh, I already thought that whole section was good. I might as well read it off. You must have the same. No, I'm not going to read it. I'm not going to read it in the pagan version. We're going King James, people. It says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. We're called to have the mind of Christ. We hear all the time, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus think? Because that's how we should be thinking. Who being the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man and being found in fashion as a man he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even until the death of the cross. Wherefore God has also had highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that in the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of the things of heaven and of the things of earth and of the things under the earth, and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So when he said he gave him a name above every name, and every shall bow, everything under earth shall submit to this authority, he was also talking about your thoughts and your mind. All of that is under the control of Jesus. 
Last scripture, guys. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 2.16. And I did for this this week, Brandon. Sorry, you're all on your own next week. <laughs> That's good, though. I want to hear what God's speaking to you. That's all these Bible studies are really about. is us expressing what the Holy Ghost is speaking to us. So 1 Corinthians 2. I'm going to go ahead and start in the beginning with it. When I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, you, I didn't use lofty words or impressive wisdom to tell you about God's secret plan, for I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except for Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. So Paul's saying, while I was with you, I washed my mind of everything. I forgot everything in my mind except for Christ crucified. That was the only thing I focused on. I didn't want to talk to you guys about the weather. I didn't want to talk to you about NASCAR. I didn't care about anything else other than Christ's crucifixion, his death and resurrection. For I decided that I would forget. I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling, and my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I realized, I relied only on the power of the Holy Ghost. I did this so you would not trust in human wisdom, but in the power of God. That is the word for everybody who's coming to teach at this Bible study in the next couple of weeks. That is what we're supposed to be doing when we teach the word of God. We're supposed to be weakness. Timid and trembling. Our message should be plain. We shouldn't be worried about using clever or persuasive things to get people to understand what we're saying. We should rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you wouldn't trust in human wisdom, guys. Because if everybody just thinks we're smart, that's not the point. The point is that everybody in this room believes in the power of the Holy Ghost. That's why I make all those mistakes on purpose so you guys laugh. It's not because, I mean, I'm actually perfect, but I just do that because it would be really fun for you guys. And I'd love for you guys to enjoy this. I would like for you to focus on the power of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> oh, there's a reason God picked me. It's because I'm showing you guys. It's the power of the Holy Ghost. Ain't nothing to do with that shell. Yet when I was among mature believers, I do speak words of wisdom, but not the words of wisdom that belong to this world, nor the rulers of this world, who are soon forgotten. No, the wisdom I speak is of the ministry of God. His plan that was previously hidden, even though he made it for our ultimate glory before the world began. But the rulers of this world did not understand it. For if they had, they would not have crucified the glorious Lord. That is what the scriptures mean when it says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. So even when we're trying to picture the best that God has for us, our mind can't understand how good God is and what he's got for our lives and what's going on in our lives. How on earth can these sins of our mind affect us if we really understand 
How can we be anxious? How can we be stressed? How can we be in those moods when we understand these things? And you know, we had to practice it. We just went like four weeks with no way to see. Got barely a little No, but no, I'm saying that for a reason though, because normally. I would be beating holes in my wall and I would be freaking losing my mind. But God, throughout this whole process, I told Candy, like, I was proud of how we reacted to the situation. It wasn't my focus. My focus was men's prayer, Bible study, teaching. That was my focus. I'm not going to let, yeah, I want to fix it. Yeah, I want to figure it out. There were days that I could have canceled what I was doing for God to go work on the thing that was bugging me. But by me controlling my mind and putting it behind me, you know, and I'm not worried about it, guess what? We're going to heaven. I'm seeing you in heavenly places. I ain't worried about my AC in my house. I'm worried about what matters. Stressing out and having anxiety wouldn't have changed a thing. Wouldn't have changed it. But it was to us that God revealed these things by the Spirit. For His Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets in our minds. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. So that's what the Spirit's doing. When we let the Spirit renew our mind, He's teaching us to think the way Christ thought, to be God's mind. And we have received God's Spirit not the world spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive the truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it, for only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? Well, none of us can know God's thoughts, right? No? Wait. Yes, we can. We understand these things. For we have the mind of Christ. Wow. That's, the, that's what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 16. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things. For we have the mind of Christ. Christ didn't come down here and die just so you can live in the muck. He raises us out. He brings us to new levels. He changes our life. And how does he do that? All inside of our minds. Any problem, any struggle, anything that we're going through in our life, the answer to that problem is God fixing your mind. Not the problem. Right. Not the things in the earth. 
Otherwise, that'd be heaven. God didn't come down here to fix the earth's problems. He couldn't. And he opened his disciples' minds so they could understand the scriptures. And that's exactly what God has done for us. That's what he's going to continue to do for us. And that's what we should be seeking after is to become mind masters. To have the mind of the master. You have to master. That's probably when I started putting it together. <laughs> no, it does. We teach what we learn as we learn. But this is this is what we've got to keep in our minds. As we leave here, as we go forward. God is a difference maker. And he does it on the battlefield in our minds. So let's pray. Let's let the spirit touch our minds. Dear Lord Jesus, touch our hearts and minds today, God. Allow your word to be the foundation we are standing on, God. That when the storm blows, God, we're, our house is still standing, God. When everything else crumbles around us, God, let us be in peace and enjoy, God, knowing that our future is set solidly in you, Jesus. Let these words encourage everybody who listens, God, that their faith be increased, God, as they know the promises in this book, that they have the right to be mind masters. We worship you and praise you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.